This is the Sideline Dissident Podcast, coming to you from YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker. Follow me on Twitter, at the Brad Whitaker. I am the Brad Whitaker. Got another good one for you today. Big news in the NFL world. Rob Gronkowski is injured, herniated disc. He's going to be out for some time. I'm going to talk about what that means for my team, the New England Patriots. Uh, but first, story everyone's talking about uh, that's not football related. Russell Westbrook. Uh, look, I'm. I do not have a popular view on Russell Westbrook, and I'm I'm fairly certain everyone in the sports media has bought in to Russell Westbrook at this point, uh, with the exception of maybe Cowherd. Other than that. Uh, everyone thinks Russell Westbrook is the greatest thing to ever happen to basketball. Uh, if you if you haven't heard already, uh, if if you haven't turned on your TV or listened to sports radio, Russell Westbrook had a triple double last night. Uh, it was his fourth straight game with a triple double, and believe it or not, uh, Westbrook already has more triple doubles than LeBron James. Not this season, in his career. Westbrook's had 46 triple-doubles in 607 games this season. LeBron has, or not this season, in his career, LeBron has 45 triple-doubles in 1,001 career games. Almost twice as much. Uh, It's also worth noting, uh, the Thunder have won four straight games uh, in those four triple-doubles that Westbrook's had. Uh, they had a 500 record. They've won four straight. They now have a 12 and eight record, and everyone is talking about, oh, Westbrook, he's he's taking over the Thunder. He's getting all the headlines. Not the not Kevin Durant. Not the Golden State Warriors. We all thought we'd be talking about the Warriors this season, but nope. The headlines are on Westbrook, and Kevin Durant must be pissed. Yes, I'm sure. Look, who? Let's let's just focus on these last four games, all right? Who who's the Oklahoma City Thunder beat that Westbrook had these triple doubles against? Last night was the Washington Wizards, six and twelve record. Game before New York Knicks, they're five hundred nine and nine. Game before that, Detroit Pistons, they're another five hundred team, ten and ten. I think they've won two straight though, so they were below five hundred when they played, uh, and they beat uh, Denver. Two, who has a seven and eleven record? All right, no, none of those are great teams. All right, the Knicks, I maybe they're a five hundred team. I think the Pistons are probably a slightly better than five hundred team at the end of the season. Uh, but look, I understand the Thunder. They've had a couple of big wins this season against. Uh, they beat the Clippers. They beat the Rockets. I think they split with the Clippers, but they beat the Rockets. Both teams have strong records right now. Although Russ wasn't even close to a triple-double in either of those two wins. But hear me out. Just hear me out. ESPN's RPI, which factors in winning percentage, opponent's winning percentage, and opponent's opponent's win percentage. They put all these teams in front of the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. Golden State Warriors... San Antonio Spurs, Cleveland Cavaliers, Toronto Raptors, Los Angeles Clippers, Houston Rockets, and this is where it gets weird, the Detroit Pistons, the Utah Jazz, how many people are talking about Utah right now, they're actually playing well, and the Los Angeles Lakers. 
all those teams, according to ESPN's RPI, which is very scientific, again, winning percentage, opponent's winning percentage, opponent's opponent's win percentage, puts all those teams, Golden State, San Antonio, Cleveland, Toronto, the Clippers, Houston, Detroit, Utah, and the Lakers, all ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, if you look at the Thunder's strength of schedule, they have the ninth weakest in the league right now. And the eight teams that have weaker schedules than the Oklahoma City Thunder so far this season are Milwaukee, Minnesota, Indiana, Atlanta, Chicago, Phoenix, Memphis, and Orlando. Those are mostly bad or mediocre teams, which tells you that those teams are probably worse than their records indicate. Look, right now the Thunder, they're fifth in the Western Conference. But I still believe OKC is just a borderline playoff team. I'm not convinced. I'm just not. They haven't played many good teams, and they've squeaked by a lot of bad ones. Now, I'm not buying into Russell's style of play just yet either. I still think it's selfish. I still think he takes way too many shots. Took 35 last night. And I think he's still worried more about his stats than his wins. I think he has a chip on his shoulder with this whole Durant thing. And you can't blame him for that. Now, I know what you're thinking. Rebounds and assists are not selfish numbers. Okay, triple-doubles are more than just points. This isn't Kobe taking a million shots. I understand that. But going after triple-doubles can still be considered selfish. And Russell Westbrook isn't getting assists the same way Rajon Rondo gets assists every night. Okay, dribbling out most of the shot clock, driving to the hoop, and either shooting or kicking the ball back out. Yes, that's what we're, that's what Westbrook's game is. He dribbles up a lot of time on the shot clock. I don't know why they do that. The Thunder have gotten better at that this season. You have to give him credit for that. But for the most part, Westbrook just stands at the top of the key, takes way too much time, then he drives to the hoop. He either... Lays it in or shoots it for a mid-range shot or whatever. And, and that's part of the reason his shooting percentage is so high is because he is close to the hoop. And he's, he's great at driving to the hoop like that. Or he kicks it out, and that's how he gets his assist. That's going to beat 500-level teams. That style of play with a player as good as Russell Westbrook. He's got a lot of physical players around him. That's going to beat 500-level teams. Some of them, at least. But they're still going to get crushed by the Warriors... And the Spurs. Look, Russell Westbrook plays the same style of basketball that I play in my player mode in NBA 2K. It's the same style of basketball. If you if you don't if you're not a video game person or you don't play NBA 2K, there's this mode called my player mode, which gives you control of one player, and you get to play games. You get to play his, your whole career with that player. But when you're in the game, you just have control of that one player. So there is a lot of watching going on. So if you're playing a video game and you're playing as one of ten players on the court, you're probably going to hog the ball a lot. I think Russ approaches the game of basketball very much the same way people do when they're playing my player mode in NBA 2K. And I'm sorry, I don't always want my point guard trying to grab offensive rebounds. OKC is very fortunate they haven't played a ton of fast-break teams this season. I don't want my point guard under the basket against teams that make quick outlet passes and push the ball up the floor. Number one team in the league in fast-break points, Golden State Warriors. 
Why do you think the Warriors won by 26 points when the two teams faced off? Look, I understand Westbrook is a ton of fun to watch. I enjoy watching him. I I, I can't help but tune in when he's playing. It re- it's really a lot of fun, and he plays his tail off when he's out on the floor. He's involved in some way or another on literally every offensive play, which isn't always best, I argue, but the effort is there nonetheless. But there's nothing intelligent about his style of play. It's simply overpowering and dependent on his athleticism, which is arguably the best in the league. If you ask me who the most athletic player in the NBA is, I'd probably say either LeBron or Westbrook. And and at this point, with Westbrook's age and LeBron's age, it's probably Russ. But (laughs) when Westbrook says he doesn't watch film, which, go back, look at the quote, he says he doesn't watch film, and then you watch him play, it's very easy to believe. Look, he's so overpowering, he's so athletic. He's six foot three or six four, and he plays he gets to the hoop like LeBron James is at six foot eight. It's incredible. And he has the best hops in the NBA. But his game is very one dimensional. He I'm not saying he can't make shots. I'm not saying he can't pass. I'm not saying he can't rebound. He can do all those things. He's such a great player. I'm not saying he's not a great player, but his game is one-dimensional. It's a lot of driving to the hoop, kicking the ball out, or trying to get layups or dunks. That's a lot of what Russell Westbrook does. And he's going to win the MVP this season. It's just going to happen because he grabs the most headlines. That, that's the determinant for MVP. We all know that. It's the player that grabs the most headlines. And it's obvious why. Sports writers and sports broadcasters are the ones who vote for MVP. I I say this like every podcast. If the MVP award were actually picking who the most valuable player in basketball is, LeBron would have won it his third season in the league and won it every year since. But alright, we'll see as OKC schedule gets tougher... I think they have a few easy games coming up, but then it gets a little bit harder. But as that schedule gets tougher and they start going up against better teams, we'll see if this style of basketball holds up. Can it hold up through an 82-game season? Can they beat the elite teams? Can the Thunder earn anything better than a 7 or an 8 seed? Right now they're number 5, borderline 4. Once that happens... Once we realize Russell Westbrook's dominance on the floor is only able to get his team barely into the postseason, and the Western Conference is weaker this year. They really are. But once we realize that, this averaging a triple-double will get old very quickly. It might take a year, but it will get old very quickly. Look, I know everyone in the sports media has bought into the Westbrook hype. It's understandable. I used to write clickbait articles about uh, the most popular news in sports. Okay? Most sports writers stay along those headlines. Everyone's buying into the hype. It makes all the sense in the world. But I'm still extremely skeptical on this whole Russell Westbrook, his style of play is going to win basketball games. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is a borderline playoff team.
So I, I haven't been shy about admitting I'm a New England Patriots fan. Um, as you can see, I have Brady's jersey over my shoulder. Huge Pats fan, and uh, Gronk's gotten injured a lot. But for the first time, one of these Gronk injuries happen, happens, uh, I'm not... I'm not that worried. I'm not. And let me let me explain why. If you're a New England Patriots fan, and look, I'm a Pats fan, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but I think the team is going to be fine as long as certain circumstances remain the way they are at this moment. And obviously you can't predict other injuries that are going to happen in for teams, and injuries happen all the time, and, and, and too many fan bases, too many teams make injuries an excuse for why their team didn't perform well, uh, but look, if you haven't heard, Rob Gronkowski's having surgery in Los Angeles tomorrow uh, to repair a herniated disc, uh, much worse than we all anticipated, he's out indefinitely, the rumor is he's going to be out for eight weeks, Meaning, if, if that's the case, if it really is eight weeks, he won't be ready until the Super Bowl. Uh, perhaps he'll be ready for the divisional round of the playoffs or the AFC title game, but that's only if you're being overly optimistic. Look, the Pats have gotten a lot of criticism just these last few hours since this story broke, uh, because Gronk has been injured a ton in his first seven seasons in the league. Let me just read off the list of injuries that Gronk has had since since joining the league. I think he joined in 2010. Yeah, that would be seven seasons. So yeah, 2010. Uh, was healthy his first year, but then 2011, high ankle sprain and strained ligaments. 2012, broken forearm. 2013, torn ACL and MCL. 2015, he had a knee injury, although that wasn't so bad. It ended up being just a bruise. Uh, and then, of course, this season, a herniated disc. Probably going to keep him out until at least the end of the postseason. And this criticism is understandable. It really is. Gronk's contract runs through the end of the 2019 season. He signed a six-year, $54 million deal, which is a big chunk of change by NFL standards. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Why sign Gronk for that long if he gets injured all the time? It's a good question. He's, look, Gronk is the most versatile player in the NFL. And I don't I don't think it's an overstatement to say that blocking is actually the best part of Gronk's game. People don't realize that because that's not what you see in the highlight reels. But Gronk's blocking is just as good as his receiving or yards after catch. He's a great blocker. He can do anything out there. And trading for Martellus Bennett... Uh, the Patriots traded for Martellus Benny, who played for the Bears last year. Uh, traded for him in the offseason. That that deal happened for just this very reason. Look, Martellus Bennett is not as great as Gronk in every aspect of the game. But like Rob Gronkowski, he can do everything on the field. He can block, he can catch, he's fast, he's smart, he runs routes. High football IQ. If you watch the offense, look, New England certainly isn't as good without Gronk. That's obvious, particularly in the red zone. But these injuries have happened in years past. You, you heard the list I read down. 
But the drop-off this season, Gronk's missed a few games this season, the drop-off hasn't been as significant as years past. And I think that's because Martel, Martellus Bennett is out there. He kind of fills that role. And, look, you, Tom Brady's great, but he's also had a relatively healthy offensive line this season, which last year he had, I think, the least healthy offensive line in NFL history. He had, like, 15 or 18 combinations that season. Uh, it was amazing the Patriots did as well as they did offensively with that, uh, with all those injuries on that O-line. But, again, don't use injuries as an excuse. But when Gronk... And Bennett are out there, obviously, when they're both out there and they have that two tight end set, uh, it's the best offense in football. But the the offense is similar to what it was in years past uh, without with, with Gronk out there because they have Martellus Bennett out there. And because of that, I think he's still worth every penny. Look, the standards at which we judge professional sports, especially the Patriots, a team that's been very successful the last couple decades, titles are the most important thing. And New England has been consistently cautious with Gronk this regular season. And and it makes all the sense in the world. If you have a healthy Gronk in the playoffs, that's enough to make the difference between winning and losing. I think Gronk missed the first game of the regular season with some injury that that was minor. It was just the Patriots were being cautious. I also think they thought they might lose that game to the Cardinals with Jimmy Garoppolo out there, and it ended up working out better than we all thought it would. But they've been very, very cautious with Gronk. And it makes all the sense in the world because you need him out there and you need him healthy for the playoffs. The way I look at it, if the Patriots have home field advantage in the playoffs, even without Gronkowski, they're going to make the Super Bowl. However, that could be problematic. The Patriots have the same record as the Oakland Raiders right now. Uh, they have a slight advantage because of the teams they face. I don't really know how that whole tiebreaker thing works. The, the Patriots and the Raiders haven't played this season. They will not play unless they meet in the playoffs. But the reason it could be problematic for New England is this is the remaining schedule the Patriots have. Home against Los Angeles, home against Baltimore, at Denver, home against the Jets, and at Miami. Alright? Three of those five remaining games, in my opinion, could be trap games. I think they're going to beat the Rams. I think they're going to beat the Jets at home. But the Baltimore Ravens have always given the Patriots trouble. They can beat the Patriots in New England. We've seen them do it in the postseason. Seen them do it twice in the postseason. And it's it's a similar team. Different defense, similar style. They're young now. Best pass rush in the league. Baltimore could give New England fits. And then they have to go into Denver. Patriots never seem to be able to win in Denver. They seem to have no trouble beating the Broncos at home, but in Denver, unless Tim Tebow's quarterback, the Patriots generally don't win that game. And then finally, the season finale is the Miami Dolphins, who are playing great right now. Everyone says, oh, it's so nice to see Miami. Ryan Tannehill's playing well. They have a great running back, Jay Ajayi, and 
uh, they have this great balanced attack, and it's like, uh, yeah, because they have a good offensive line now. Everyone thinks, everyone's bought into Ryan Tannehill now suddenly because he has an offensive line. It's amazing what we think of quarterbacks when it all depends on how good their O-line is. But here's here's why I wouldn't worry too much if, if Patriots fans. This, this is not... Here's why I wouldn't worry too much about not getting home field advantage in the playoffs. Your main competition is the Raiders, right? Here's Oakland's remaining schedule. Buffalo, at Kansas City, at San Diego, Indianapolis, and then at Denver. That's a tough that's a much tougher schedule than the Patriots have. Now, I think there are three t- Three threats to the New England Patriots right now in the AFC, and they all come out of the AFC West. Those teams, obviously, are the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Denver Broncos. If the Patriots have to... I I think New England's going to win the the AFC East. Miami has to pretty much run the table, uh, and the Patriots have to lose... With a, okay, they, they'll have to lose to Baltimore and Denver and then lose the season finale to Miami for that to happen, and the Dolphins would have to run the table, or they'll lose a sudden game against the Rams or the Jets, which probably isn't going to happen. But if that, if that AFC title game, Patriots, if they win the division, they'll have a divisional game at home, most likely will win with home field advantage. But if they have an AFC title game that's on the road in either Oakland, Kansas City, or Denver... That's the only thing that I think can stop the Patriots, even without Rob Gronkowski. That being said, I said this on a past podcast. Uh, I think the Patriots actually match up pretty well with the Chiefs and the Broncos. The reason why is New England doesn't have a great defense. Not horrible. They have the best defense and mastermind coaching the team. But uh, Kansas City and Denver don't have great offenses. So I think they can match up well, and then when you take New England's offense, even against Denver's incredible defense, even against Kansas City's incredible defense, I think it's enough to overcome their lack of defense. So I don't think the Patriots would have too much trouble match in terms of matchups against the Chiefs and the Broncos. The Oakland Raiders are an entirely different story. Like the Patriots, their defense is somewhere in the middle, but they're getting better every week. They're young, and then Oakland's offense against New England's weak defense. Look, I don't, I I don't know if the Raiders are better offensively than the Patriots are with Gronk, but without Gronk, I think the Raiders have the best offense in the league, other than maybe the Dallas Cowboys. And they're a fun offense to watch, explosive. That's a team that could challenge New England. Uh, however. If the game is in Foxborough, I just do not see Oakland going into New England in the middle of January and winning a conference championship there. Not saying it couldn't happen. Again, this is a the Raiders are almost a matchup nightmare for the Patriots, unlike the Chiefs or the Broncos. But Oakland and Oakland's proven they can win on the road. I they haven't lost on the road yet this season, but that still doesn't if the temperature is below 20 degrees, it's it's very tough for the Raiders to win that game. Uh, but, yeah, the Patriots' chances of winning the Super Bowl went down today, but I don't think they went down as significantly as other people may think. Uh, it's, look, 
I, the AFC is also a weak conference. There's just a bunch of good teams in the AFC West, and then there's, you know, the AFC South doesn't have anything special. The Titans could be something special, but they're not quite there yet. Uh, Texans are going to implode. They're going to continue to implode, even though they're currently in first place, but they've lost two straight. Uh, and the Colts, there's just not enough help around luck, too many injuries, and just a dysfunctional organization altogether. Uh, and then AFC North, Pittsburgh's defense is nothing. Uh, the Patriots, as we saw earlier in the season, they should have no trouble beating the Steelers. Uh, who are the other team? The Baltimore Ravens. That's That could be a tough matchup for the Patriots in the playoffs. But... Uh, for the most part, it's a fairly easy path for New England, especially if they have home field advantage. Now, uh, if Gronk's back by the Super Bowl, they're great, but if they have to go up against the Seahawks or the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, that's a, and without Gronkowski, that's a different story. That's going to be tough for the Patriots. Uh, but the path in the AFC isn't as difficult as I think it is for some people. Uh, so... And that's it for today's podcast. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with my uh, NFL picks this week, which you should definitely tune into because I went 10-3 and last week. So if you're a sports gambler, you might as well do it. Try to make some money. But until then, I bid you adieu.